welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Thank you, Jesus. Let your word have free course here today. Let everyone come under the influence of your spirit. Let there be change and transformation. Let there be an encounter with you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Come and celebrate Jesus. And you may have your seat in God's presence. Glory to God. <clears throat> After Jesus has spoken to some people, and he asked them, said, Will you also go? And they responded, To whom? shall we go to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life to whom shall we go where else should we go you alone have the words of eternal life so the words that he's speaking they carry spirit and they carry grace so every communication from God, from the presence of God, carries grace. Carries grace. You alone have the words of eternal life. Last week, we began talking about heaven on earth. And I laid a foundation and how that the design and plan of God from the very beginning is that you and I should have heaven on earth and that you and I should live like that here and that Jesus would pray and says um, as it is in heaven so shall it be here on earth so the picture of your life the picture of your future the picture of all that you're doing is such that as it is in heaven so should it be so the picture of your life is not the picture that the doctors bring to you it's not the picture that the uh, they tell you at work it's as it is in heaven so should it be so should it be so many a time God would want to explain to people how it is in heaven and what he would do, he would tell them, picture this. Picture this. I will stand upon my watch and see what he would say. How can you see what someone is saying? It looks like it's a wrong grammar because you need to hear what he's saying but in the kingdom of God you see when he speaks to you 
you see when he speaks to you. So he would call uh, Jeremiah and say, what seest thou? He's always concerned about a picture. He's always concerned about what you're seeing because what you're seeing determines what you are saying. So if the things that come out of your mouth are things that don't carry faith and you want the things that come out of your mouth to carry faith, you need to see the right picture. So he would call Abraham and say, Abraham, picture this. What I am saying as God is that Abraham, you are the father of many nations. But can you picture it? Can you picture it? Why? Because where he takes his cue from is his domain. Where he is. So God wants to appear to you and give you a picture of your life. He doesn't consult your economy. He doesn't consult your government or your nation or your city. He consults his domain and then gives you the picture as it is in heaven because that's how he wants the blueprint to be. So he says, picture this. He said, okay, pastor, what does God want to do with my life? Picture this. He wanted to create a, a, an earth that that, that, that came out of nothingness and then he made a beautiful garden so picture this say how will God change my life and change my story picture this when the, the earth and the heavens was null and void and God decided to bring something out of nothing he made a picture of Eden and says if i want to restart that is how i restart picture this picture this can you see it picture this if i want to do anything how do i do it as god i'm not going to consult your bank account or consult your economy or consult your medical report no this I will take a cue from heaven I will take a cue from how things are in heaven so that's how they will be on earth picture this there is a life that is beyond the natural it is the supernatural and then God will tell Moses I want to build I want you to build me a sanctuary and God gave him the picture as it is in heaven not what they had on earth not what they had on earth and he says see that you do it according to the pattern that I showed you so many a times when we want the blueprint for our lives we don't go to the one who has it. We consult other things for the blueprints for our lives. The one who created you knows your frame. He says your walls are continually before me. I have craven you on the palms of my hands. 
Why? Because he has the blueprint. He knows the length and the breadth. He knows everything. He knows everything. Sometimes we try to figure it out and strategize and plan and put the permutations and combination and everything. And if it doesn't work logically, we think it cannot work. No. The one who created you knows the XYZ. Knows how to plot it. So he says, picture this. Picture this. And Noah would build an ark. And he would give him the picture of that ark. And he began to build, not with the plan from the uh, system of the world at that time. No, not with that plan. But he began to build according to the picture that was shown to him. He maintained that picture. And I said that every picture of what we see is a reflection of what obtains in heaven. Is a reflection of what obtains in heaven. Romans 2.20 It says that they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. He said all that may be known of God including the eternal Godhead. All that may be known of God it can be clearly seen from the things that are made. Why? So that they are without excuse. Can be clearly seen from the things that are made. So how do I see God? I look at the things that are made and I see God in it. He said, but they refuse to give him glory in those things. That's why he gave them up to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient. They refuse to give him glory. But God can be seen in everything. He feels everywhere. So you picture this. Today, I want to zero in on what I call contending for the faith. As you lay yourself before God, And in the place of prayer and fellowship with him, he gives you a picture. He paints something for you. Your eyes are short. You're connected to heaven. And you're in the spirit. Enjoying the atmosphere and the fellowship of the spirit. And then the Lord begins to paint you a picture. He paints you a picture. Paints you a picture of your family. Paints you a picture of your job. Paints you a picture of the future. Paints you a picture of where you'll be five years from now. Paints you a picture and you see yourself in front of thousands of people. Paints you a picture. Different kinds of picture in business. Paints you a picture. All kinds of pictures. And if I ask every one of us seated here today. At what point in your life. God had painted you a picture. Many of us write them down. I used to have a journal, several journals, where I write down things. I call them conversations with the Holy Spirit. So I write down things he tells me. I write down visions. I write down things. I put them down. 
As God is painting the picture for me, I'm, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. You know what they say about the vision? That it does what? That it will come to pass. Right? It's almost near impossible for you, for something to, to happen to you and that you've never had a picture of it. It's almost near impossible. Somewhere in your mind and your subconscious, you would have pictured it. Somehow. Somehow you would have pictured it. Somehow you would have pictured it. So when you picture it, what happens? Turn with me to Jude. Jude from verse 3. Somebody's asking what chapter? It has just one chapter. If that's all you learned in church today, it's good. It's good. It's a step in the right direction. Jude verse 3. I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, Dearly beloved friend, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation. We all participate in, but felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. For God through the apostles has once for all entrusted these truths to his holy believers. So the writer here is saying that I wanted to talk to you about salvation. I wanted to talk to you about this new life that you have come into. I wanted to talk to you about this new creation, this new experience. I wanted to talk to you about the fact that, hey, all beautiful things in heaven and how glorious things are here and there. I wanted to talk to you that now that you've come into Christ, that all things are new and that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus and that God loves you and all that. I want to talk to you about how that now that you're in Christ Jesus, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a beautiful person. You are, you are loved by God. You know, uh, heaven is on your side. Angels are for you. You know, I want to talk to you about all these things. Your salvation, the total soteria. That nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing is lacking in your life. I wanted to talk to you about that. But rather, I'm telling you that you vigorously contend for the faith. Because when you come into salvation, you see things anew. You see things afresh. When you come, I, I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I, I think I shared that here before. I, I came out of the place, Reverend, I came out of the place in one deeper life church. And the moment I stepped out, it was as if I was seeing people for the first time. It's as if I was dead and I came back. I didn't, I don't know how to explain it. As if you just became aware that there is life. That's how it was to me. I came out and I looked at everybody and everybody looked beautiful. I almost felt like touching people that, ah, really? It was new to me. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what it was. And what happened? Someone just, you know, deeper life those days, 
Pastor Kumi is preaching, someone stands at the pulpit, and then you're all here, and he's preaching somewhere in Bagada or, or Ayobo, and we're all, someone stands at the pulpit. And then for no reason, I just stood there in the um, uh, pew, and then I just started crying. I didn't know what happened. Nobody said anything. I just started crying. I was sobbing so much, they had to take me outside, put me in front. And I stood there. I said, do you want to give your life to God? I said, whatever that means. I just know that I'm crying. So, they prayed for me, did everything. I came out of the... I, I remember the place in Shogunle. If you don't know where Shogunle is, ask Google. <laughs> I came out... Shogunle, Mafoluku, that area. I did, came out of the place. I think it was a deeper life youth, youth camp or something. Came out of the place. And I stood at the entrance of the church. I looked around. I didn't know whether to go home or what to do. I just felt like life just started. I got back home. I was attending Catholic church. I got back home. I still took the rosary. And I was praying. I didn't know what to do. I knew something had changed. So this writer was saying, I wanted to tell you about this salvation, this new experience that you have come into. He said, but I would rather tell you that you contend for the faith. So I'm asking myself, why would he rather do that? Because the picture that you have seen, the new life that you have received, is a life that we contend for. It's a life we contend for. Let's read further. In verse 4, it says, There have been some who have sneaked in among you unnoticed. They are depraved people whose judgment was prophesied in scripture a long time ago. They have perverted the message of God's grace into a license to commit immorality and turn against only turn against our only absolute master, our Lord Jesus Christ. I need to remind you, even though you are familiar with it all, that the Lord Jesus saved his people out of Egypt, but subsequently destroyed those who are guilty of unbelief. In the same way, there are heavenly messengers in rebellion who went outside their rightful domain of authority and abandoned their appointed realms. God bound them in everlasting chains and is keeping them in darkness, in the dark abyss of the netherworld until the judgment of the great day. In a similar way, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and nearby towns gave themselves to sexual immorality and the unnatural desire of different flesh. Now they all serve as examples of those who experience the punishment of eternal life. He said, look, I would, I would have told you that look, this salvation that you have come into, this and this is what is there. He said, but beyond that, there is the contending for the faith there is the guarding of what you believe why because just because you see the picture does not mean it will come to pass just because God has showed it to you doesn't mean you can live your life carelessly and then because I've seen it it's bound to come to pass so he gave a picture. He said, look at all these people. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at what happened to them. And then in verse 8, he says, in the same way, these sensual dreamers 
corrupt and pollute the natural realm. While on the other hand, they reject the spiritual realms of governmental power and repeatedly scoff at heavenly glories. It says, even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil over the body of Moses, dared not insult or slander him, but simply said, the Lord, Yahweh, rebuke you. These people insult anything they don't understand. They behave like irrational beasts by doing whatever they feel like doing. Because they live by their animal instincts. They corrupt themselves and bring about their own destruction. How terrible it is for them. For they are followed in the steps of Cain. They have abandoned themselves to Balaam's error because of their greedy pursuit of financial gain. And since they have rebelled like Korah rebelled, they will experience the same fate of Korah and likewise. It kept on and on and on. Talking about, you know, it's easy, very easy as believers. Very easy to just think that, hey, because I've been saved, because I'm now born again, I mean, everything should just happen. I've seen people say to themselves, and that's an error if you say that. Before I was saved, things were better. Now that I'm saved, things are worse. That's an error. That's an error. What you are doing is that you've received the message of salvation and then you left every other thing. Thinking that there is no contending for the faith needed. There is no guarding what you believe. There is nothing to reach out for. If that's the case, why then are you still alive? The moment you got saved, God should have just killed you and taken you to heaven. So, you now face a little challenge. What does Paul call it? He said, our light affliction. And yes, that one you are going through Tap your neighbor and tell that one you are going through is very light. If your neighbor is frowning, just know that he thinks his own is heavy. Tap another one. Say that one you are going through is very light. That's what he calls it. Our light affliction. If you are here and you've been afflicted more than Paul, let me see your hand. And Paul still calls it our light affliction. Why? Because when you get a picture, no human being can get a picture of heaven and remain the same. It will drive you. That's why they told Jesus, to whom shall we go? After he had told them that, ah, look, this thing it looks like it's difficult to he said to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life you have the words of eternal life so where else will we go we can't run away from you we will run to you no matter what we will run to you why you have the words of eternal life 
So there is no situation or challenge or difficulty that can outshine the picture of heaven. That can outshine the picture that God has painted for you in the place of prayer. It can't outshine it. So what do we do? We contend for the faith. We defend it. We speak life. When they say compromise, we speak life. It's a call, not a confederacy. What they call a confederacy. Do not fear what they fear. Why? Because you are a different people. You are a different species. When they come up with their lies, you speak life. Because you're different. The life God requires of us is not of us to keep to ourselves. The Spirit of God is the one that pulls you closer. As you get in the presence of God, the Spirit of God pulls you closer. It pulls you closer to the inner sanctuary of God. But many a time, we, we just stay in the outer court and then we just feel like, oh, okay, this is okay here. And then we're not waiting for the pull of the Spirit to pull you inside and deeper. Jude 1 and verse 24. It says, now to the one with enough power to prevent you from stumbling into sin and bring you faultless before his glorious presence to stand before him with ecstatic delight with enough power. So he pulls you in. After he has painted the picture for you, that's not the time to run away. That's the time to run to him. That's the time to get closer because he pulls you in. I've seen people attend meetings and then all that came out of the meeting is that, ah, how was that meeting? Ah, it was power. How was the meeting? Ah, it was anointed. Look, you can feel the goosebumps. You can feel the shaking. You can feel all those things. But if you take nothing from it, you haven't had an encounter. You haven't had an encounter. When the Spirit of God comes on you, it comes to do something. It comes to do something. It doesn't just come and then for you to feel it in your body and that's it. No. It's just an outward expression of what is going on inside. Someone has asked me one time about speaking in tongues. And how that speaking in tongues listen Listen carefully. It has to be a 
language as it were the way i'm talking to you in english you know you know so um if it's not like that then it's not tongues as it were so um many years ago uh, a friend of mine went somewhere and um they were teaching them to speak in tongues so they actually brought a a whiteboard and they were teaching them to speak in tongues this is true life and this is what they were saying i'm not joking this is not comedy i'm not joking i'm not joking now you are laughing i'm serious because you know when you hear some people's tongue sometimes you go and tell God please change my own I don't like it it doesn't sound like French I'm serious see it doesn't sound like French but look think, think about it look at it this way the Bible says that in Acts of the Apostles that when the um, um, the, the, the Holy Ghost came upon them and it said it was like cloven tongues of fire and they began to speak in other tongues and then he says the people heard them speak in their own language so some people now took it and said okay my own can be French your own can be German no it says the Bible did not say they spoke in their language it said they heard them it means what they heard and what they spoke were two different things so the spirit caused them to understand what they were saying in their own language do you understand so you are speaking in tongues I've heard a story a man of God was somewhere in um, um, in a bar or something like that and there was another like an aeronautic engineer I don't know where I heard that story in that same bar and that guy was praying for the formula for one aeronautic problem they were having in the organization so this other guy was there and he began to speak in tongues. As he was speaking in tongues, the other man was writing. He was writing. He just kept writing. So when he finished, he now went to him and said, Please, where did you get that formula from? He now said, What formula? He said, As you were talking, I was hearing the formula for the problem we had in the office. He did not speak his language. He spoke in the spirit. What you are seeing outside is a reflection of what's happening inside. Your mouth, Kando Shataya, cannot contain the tongue of God. Let me hear you here well. So when you come and say, Batako to Shata, that is not the tongue. The tongue is inside. It's what is coming out. It's what is coming. The way your body can express it, that's what is happening. How do you explain? Somebody comes and say, that is the way his body is carrying what his spirit is saying. That's the only way his body can explain it. I don't know, but the thing is doing me You don't know, but it's coming from inside. It's coming from inside. I don't even know how I got there. It's coming from inside. So it says it has enough power to prevent you from stumbling. 
enough power. Isaiah 32. From verse 15. It says, until the spirit is poured upon us from on high. And the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is deemed a forest. Until the spirit is poured upon us from on high. Every picture that God has painted for you. Requires the spirit of God to brood upon it. And bring it to pass. Every picture. Every picture. So because God showed it to you. It's not enough. But your contending for it. Is allowing the spirit of God to brood upon it. I can prove it to you. God had a picture from the beginning. Did he not? He created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And then God said, let there be light. After he had said that, what happened? The spirit came. Brooded upon that word. Mary, you will have a son. It's a picture. It's a picture of heaven on earth. It's a picture of what has not been done before. It's a picture of a new life. It's a picture of a restart. It's a picture of a new season. It's a picture of the new job, the new appointment. Whatever it is that God has showed to you. It's a picture. Mary, you will have a child. And then what she did. She submitted herself to the spirit of God. And said, be it unto me according to your word. That's giving room for the spirit to brood upon that thing. And the angel said, that thing which will be born of you. He said, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Will come upon you. To bring it to pass. You need the Holy Spirit to brood upon it. Until the spirit is poured upon a high. Then the wilderness will become a fruitful place. Pastor, God gave me a vision. I saw something. Yes, you saw something. What did you do with what you saw? What did you do with it? Did you contend for the faith? Did you defend it in the place of prayer? The test that followed after. What happened? Heaven on earth is the reality that God wants for us. Stand to your feet. Matthew chapter 11 as I close. From verse 12. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I don't know how many violent people we have here. You know, Pastor Tayo said that this season, if you are sensitive, you will know that there's some taking 
that needs to happen. So when she mentioned the prayer session, of course, you know, I'm in support. You've seen too many pictures. No, you've seen too many pictures. Where is your contending for the faith? God showed you this in 2018. He showed you something in 2017. He showed you in 2009. He showed you in 2008. Even when you were in your mother's womb, he still showed you. And you came out and wrote it down. Are you just content with the fact that you have many journals of what you will be in the future? No. No, that's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. It says, he who has ear to hear, let him hear. He said, but to what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. He said, what else would we do? Tell someone enough of the picture. It's time to contend for the faith. It's God's plan. I explained to you last week. It's his plan to give you heaven on earth. But would you take no for an answer? You wouldn't take no for an answer. No. You've seen the picture. You've seen the blueprint. You've seen the plan. The first thing is to know what God wants for you. Following his plan. Then once you've seen it, whatever you meet along the way, you will vigorously contend for the faith. You will vigorously take no for an answer. You will not. You may have gone through challenges and difficulties, but I can tell you that what is to come is far greater than what has happened. So you cannot settle down and say, why are you like this? You say, ah, something happened to me. When? Say, last month. But this is a new month. Say, why are you like this? You say, ah, something happened to me. Say, when? Say, last year. But this is a new year. Are you telling me that all God can do has been done? Are you telling me that where you are is the best you can be? again. You restart with the hope of a better and brighter future. Why? As long as the heavens, as long as the sun and the moon and the stars are there, God will never break his covenant. He will not. All he can do and will do is not all he has already done. So you dream again. And contend for the faith. And someone be blessed this morning. Lift your hands to heaven and celebrate Jesus. Thank you, Father.
We give you praise and we give you glory. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Come and lift your hands to heaven. And say, Lord, I receive grace to contend for the faith. I receive grace. I receive grace. To press in for more of you. I receive grace. The one that did the new things yesterday said, forget the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. I do a new thing. I do a new thing. Because his plan is that every day you would leave heaven on earth. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.